0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You, Big Book Study. My name is Julie and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is uh, Tuesday, March 4th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 28, the last paragraph, starting with in the following chapter. Today's readers are Larry, Dew, Haya, and Kathy Kay. The reference number for Monday, March 3rd, is five nine nine five. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. BOA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 steps.
1: Hello, this is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Step 1, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you, Janice. I will now ask Rachel to read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning, Mrs. Rachel, I recovered compulsive reader and anorexic. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. three, The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name, to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA, as such, ought never be organized Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, I pass.
0: Thank you, Rachel. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 28, starting with the last paragraph in the following chapter. Each reader will read one chapter, and we will be able to finish this up. So I will now ask Larry to begin reading.
3: Good morning. Thanks so much. Uh, this is Larry Recover, Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Okay, um, in, the, in the following chapter, there appears to be an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it, then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who, were once, who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacles to a spiritual experience. So, you know, I, I was um, indeed um, in that class um, a person with an alcoholic mind. Um, also, I was indeed an agnostic. And an agnostic, um, I learned, is one without knowledge. But, but you know, today I, I am a member. I'm a member of of Overeaters Anonymous. And, you know, being a a gutter, um, compulsive overeater, you know, who lacked knowledge of how to tap into this power source, I, amazingly, I I nonetheless became recovered. So why is that? You know, and I mean, this is what, you know, when it talks about um, the fact that there is a chapter about my alcoholism. Good. Good. Uh, we're going to get to that. I needed to fully understand who I was, and uh, I needed to understand that. And then, you know, the chapter uh, addressed the agnostic. I'm glad Bill um, uh, wrote that chapter because, one, without knowledge, you know, they're, not, they're saying, listen, you'll find a power greater than yourself. Um, for me, I, you know, I was told it just can't be you. I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. But at the same time, if I do not know how to apply uh, how to apply um, this this knowledge, how to tap into how to this power source, how to connect with this power source, then it's never going to be useful to me. So I had to understand a little bit further, and you know, it talks about you know our convictions, you know my convictions. Well, conviction is just a, a really a firmly held uh, a belief or or, or an opinion. And that needed to change for me. My firmly held belief or opinion, particularly about a power greater than myself, was that, um, yes, you know, indeed, I I did believe that there was a power greater than myself. But that power was certainly not interested in helping me with this problem. That power had other things to concern uh, itself with. and, um, and, and, And furthermore, You know, I read the book, Good Things Happen to Bad People. I picked it up and read it because I thought I was a pretty darn good person. And I thought what was happening was pretty darn bad. And I could find in history a lot of bad things that happened. And so immediately, like Bill said, my mind snapped shut. So I needed a chapter, We Agnostics, to understand a little bit more about um, changing my convictions You know, changing my belief, my opinion about this. This whole program is about change. So he said it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. And this was the beautiful thing, and I missed this at first. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. To make my beginning towards what? Towards getting better. See, I came here sick. I came here sick. I just wanted to get well. And so he suggested that he did, in fact, Bill did, in fact, believe in the spirit of the universe. But that was as far as he had gone. And I connected with that. That was as far as I had gone. And this textbook helps me, through its chapters, to understand who I am. I am indeed a real, I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal, baby. I am a compulsive overeater who cannot stop, who goes back to it again and again and again. And so I, I began to understand uh, more about alcoholism. Why do we need to, you know, why do we? Let's just get on with step four through nine, so I can get this thing licked and I can get the hell out of here. No, that's not the way it worked for me. I, these chapters and these steps are, are written in sequence, and I understand that better now. And if I can convey that to anyone, is that there? If we don't have that full concession of who we are. We are never going to have the perseverance to work the steps. And why would we work the steps to have that spiritual awakening? What does that mean? Well, to me, it means I needed to get right with myself, get right with others, and ultimately, through that process, get right with God. And that was the steps. That was why. I had to have a strong enough sense of why. I, I knew in life what to do, how to do it. I knew how to eat myself to death. That was for sure. But I, if I don't have a strong enough sense of why, I'm not going to be willing to take the actions necessary to get out to the other side. You know, they, they, they were going to call this book, my understanding, you could, and I understand history too because I need to understand the history, the origin of all this. They were going to call this book The Way Out or A Way Out. You know that, that's that would have been okay. Um, they went with uh, you know with a different title, but this is a way out, not just a way out of the food. That's the least of what was done for me. A way out of being that person that I was before, that person that could that isolated constantly day after day, that person that could get up in front and speak in front of lots of people in my in my in my work and yet i was lonely and scared inside you know um it's a, it's an interesting phenomena how we we think our life is very manageable so when we read about more about alcoholism we're going to learn about just the unmanageability of of our lives and in relation to this disease and i needed that knowledge because that knowledge helped me to transcend Um, And to get to a point where I was willing to make that declaration in the third step, a declaration that basically says, yes, God, please take my thinking and my action. I prayed this morning, you guys, I said, God, please direct my thinking in alignment with your will. Please direct my thinking in alignment with your will. Because when you do that, God, things go well. And that's been my experience. So now I can I can use my will along those lines all I want, and um, and, and and so yes we're we're um, I have a belief in a power greater than myself I understand reading more about alcoholism I understand what being without knowledge was as an agnostic a few people are really atheists Bill even said that someone that completely doesn't believe in any deity that wasn't me. And uh, so today I have, I'm, the food is down and I'm happy about it. I'm happy not just about the food being down, I'm not fighting it, but I'm happy with the person I am, yet in the midst of calamity and challenge, you know, my dad has Alzheimer's, I have, you know, economic insecurity, I got all the things that anybody would have, but I'm happy and, and the food is no longer an issue. The problem has been removed, not cured. I get it one day at a time. And with that I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Who would like to share on this paragraph?
4: Lauren from Karen. Pittsburgh.
0: Okay, I have Lauren and who was this? second person? Karen. Kim. Okay. Kim. okay. okay Kim and then Karen. Okay, go ahead, Lauren.
4: Thank you. Lauren from Pittsburgh. Recovered, Compulsive of a reader This, this chapter, or er, this paragraph talking about agnostic, I'm so grateful Bill was inspired to write that because this is this, their practical experience in this book, the practical experience for this book shows they needed a power greater than themselves to restore them to sanity. Because, as we've learned, as we've learned so far, self knowledge doesn't work, our own willpower doesn't work, other people doesn't human power doesn't work, our own choice, our own self control doesn't work. The only thing in their experience that worked was a power greater than themselves, and that's why they urge people who read this book. Always inclusive, never exclusive. If you are an agnostic, we urge you to keep reading because we don't know how you can recover without a power greater than yourself. And we want to include you. If you're agnostic, we want to include you. We want you to recover like we did. This, this, the, we want everybody to have an equal chance to be restored to sanity with a power greater than themselves. And if you are atheist or agnostic and you don't have a power, you don't believe in a power, that's okay. Keep reading. Keep reading. There's a paragraph for you. This program will include you. No one will be excluded. And it works. I came in. You know what? I might have been atheist. I might have been atheist. I don't know what I was. I was agnostic. I might have been atheist. And the program was a spiritual tool to bring me closer to a God that removed my obsession. Right now, today, I am recovered in mind and body. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you. I just and this and to get closer to you, this program did it. You know. Program worked. With that, I will
5: pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren and Kim. Go ahead. Thank you, Julie. Good morning, all. My name is Tim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. It says here, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. So that's what we're going to be asked to do. We're going to be asked to look at these convictions. There's a dear AA speaker that I love that says, it's not that what we don't know that's going to kill us, but what we know for sure that isn't true that's going to kill us. So we need to look at that. I'm especially talking to the people like me that have spent well over a decade in these rooms relapsing over and over again. So look at some of those convictions. And I'm going to mention some of those obstacles I had because I was convinced they were true. You know, I really thought that food and weight was my problem. I believed that. So the solution was not God. The solution was accidents. The solution was a food plan. You know, I was convinced that I had a threefold illness, so I chased my emotional part of this disease, which doesn't even exist. I chased that, trying to think if I feel better, I'm going to not eat. You know, I thought religious belief was enough. And what I would do is I'd use these steps like a twister game. And one day i put red hand on blue, and the next day i put left hand on yellow. And I thought that I'd just like jumping up like that and saying I believed in God and having gone to religious schools, that was enough. I was convinced that human aid would work. And human aid did, until it didn't. You know, I was convinced that what meetings were for were for me to come in and me to dump what happened that day so I could feel a little better for that moment and not eat for that day. I didn't realize that meetings were where the message was supposed to be carried. We saved the mess for a sponsor and the message for a meeting. I was convinced that one day at a time had to do with abstinence. One day at a time was that white knuckling trying to power my way through the day so I could go to bed exhausted and abstinence. One day at a time is introduced in the big book after we've had the spiritual experience reminding us that we have a daily reprieve of this mental obsession. So one day at a time has to do with once we're recovered, understanding that we have to keep that connection of with God. I was convinced that by simply by osmosis, I could get better. If I could hear enough war stories if I could be friends and get the right sponsors that just threw osmosis, I would get recovered. I didn't understand that I had to take action. I had to have my own spiritual experience. I couldn't live off of other people's spiritual experiences. So what I'm hoping today is people like me will look at their convictions, what is blocking them from a higher power and what is blocking them from fully conceding that they are a compulsive overeater? What is blocking them from, under, you know, from really taking action on these 12 steps? What prejudices do we have against Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 steps that are not allowing us to take the actions we need so we can each have our own individual spiritual experience? Because let me, let me tell you, one of my convictions was that the best that I could do was to beat the beast one more day and have the strength to stay abstinent. And let me tell you, that the absolute miracle of Overeaters Anonymous today, the miracle of these 12 steps, is I no longer want to eat my binge food. The obsession is removed and I can walk on a day-by-day basis in the sunlight of the spirit. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. And Karen, would you please share?
5: Hi, Julie. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Karen. I'm a recovered compulsive operator in Delaware. And, you know, convictions are no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. And you know why? Because we need to have a spiritual experience. Step one shows that we are powerless. Absolutely powerless. And so that is what helps us to get open minded. I have a disease of the body when I ingest my binge foods or uh, have compulsive behaviors, indulge in my compulsive behaviors. That's a phenomenon of craving in me. So I need to stay away from those foods and eating behaviors 100%. But then I have a problem with my mind which always convinced me that I can go back. So that is a uh, problem because once I start, I can't stop from binging. But then my mind leads me back, starting again. I can't stop from starting. So it's that. That's why any conviction about a higher power is no great obstacle because we have to have God. When we take step one, we're doomed. We have this terrible cycle that keeps going and going and going. It's like we're in a big whirlpool and we can't get out. We're getting sucked down. But there's one teeny little ladder that if we can just start climbing that little ladder, we can get out of the whirlpool that's sucking us down. And that little ladder is having a spiritual experience. That is the way out. That is the solution. So I think that's why it says, in the following chapter there appears an explanation of alcoholism, as we understand it, then a chapter addressed the agnostic. Once we really understand that we are doomed and that we have a disease uh, that there's, it's, it's, it makes us doomed, then, um, and then we're open-minded to talk about a spiritual experience and the possibility of having God. I have no choice. If I don't have a spiritual experience, I'm going to be doomed to that terrible, terrible addiction cycle that I was in. And so um, when we truly take step one, that opens up our minds. Thank you, and that I pass.
0: Thank you. And, do, would you please read the next paragraph?
2: Star one to unmute, do.
0: can't hear you. So um, give it a second more and then I'll ask Haya to read that paragraph.
6: Okay, Haya, could you please unmute and read
0: the second paragraph?
5: Sure. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can. Thank you.
5: Okay, great. Further on, Clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. So the chapter that we just read said in the next chapters, we're going to explain our alcoholism or compulsive eating step one as we understand it, and then a chapter addressed to the agnostic step two. And now they're telling us further on clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. So, first of all, this is Haya, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive here in Bulimic in Denver, Colorado. Um, grateful and privileged to be able to be a reader. You can, too. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know how much explanation or how much, you know, there is to share in this chapter, except it's, it's really, really clear here. It's telling us. After they explain the problem, step one, and after they explain the solution, step two, they're going to give us
1: clear-cut
5: directions showing how we recovered. (laughs) That is the most amazing promise. And when I read these words, um, I was blown away because it's telling me here, they're going to tell me exactly what to do so that I can get that desired result called Recovered, and then they're going to follow it by the 42 personal experiences. So those clear-cut directions are steps 3 through 12, and um, I'm very, very grateful that I don't have to look any further. Um, In my experience, in many, many, many years in LA, I was told to do lots and lots and lots and lots of things. Um, but not necessarily these clear-cut directions. And what I have found in my experience is that doing these particular clear-cut directions, they're right here. It tells me exactly what to do. Step one is a conclusion. Step two is a conclusion. Step three is a decision to turn my life and my will over to God, which means I'm taking the the co-pilot seat and he's now in the pilot seat, which means I need to do Step 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, which clear away um, that which is blocking me um, from being able to hear the directions of that that pilot, and then staying living, and that's part of the decision, part of the Step 3 decision is to live the rest of my life in Step 10, Step 11, and Step 12. And... The other piece here that I just want to mention is that they're very clear about the word recovered. Um, they recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, and I did too as a result of these clear-cut directions. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Uh, who would like to share on this paragraph?
5: This is Do. Hi, Do. Go ahead. Good morning. I'm sorry about that. I had difficulty uh, unmuting. Um, It says, clear-cut directions are given how we recovered. And, you know, from the beginning of this um, chapter And There's a Solution, it starts off with the fact that it says, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly, harmonious action. And that's the good news of this book. That's the good news of, Following this clear cut directions, it's going to show me precisely exactly how we can recover from compulsive overeating. You know um, we have a way out, we have a way out and and the way out is from compu- being free from compulsive overeating, and then it's going to give us the clear cut directions um, which are outlined on page sixty. you know it talks about you know the, the fact and I think somebody already mentioned it the fact that we have conclusion steps and then we have a decision but those those steps there one to three is to get a right relationship with God which that's, that's exactly where we're at is showing us you know the need for a relationship with God you know and 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 the fact that God is going to help us to align ourselves correctly in a way where our emotions our attitudes our our behaviors our conduct are going to come into alignment with God's will versus have been running my life with self will and you know and then it it goes on to say that you know uh it does it doesn't stop there. we have twelve clear cut directions you know and then we we have the steps four through um four through seven which is getting a right relationship with self getting a right relationship with self and then we have eight and nine which is getting a right relationship with others and then you know, we have the rest of the steps, 10 through 12, which are maintenance steps, you know, which is going to help us to keep that relationship, to keep that relationship not only with God and with ourselves and with other people, but it's going to help us how to how to continue to do those things, you know, in, in a very clear-cut manner. Um, and it's going to help us to recover, which is what we're here for. I know if I came into OA and I didn't have a solution, and I didn't have a way out, I would not be here. I would not be wasting my time sitting here listening to people, you know, um, talk about their problems. Because I've had problems. I know what that looks like. I need a solution. I need a way out. I need a different course of action. And so for me, um, it says clear-cut directions. It means that I have to follow directions. If I'm going on a journey, if I'm going on a trip, you know, and I need to get to that destination, I need to follow a map. I need to follow some sort of clear-cut directions on how to get there. And then, you know, it says clear-cut, meaning I don't take any shortcuts. I don't, I don't go about my own way after I get the directions. I follow the directions precisely how they're outlined so that I can get to that destination on a timely manner. And so, you know, it's going to show us also the fact that um, there are 42 personal experiences of how these people have journeyed this this trip and show us exactly how we've gotten there. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Who would like
0: to share on this paragraph? Larry. This is Janice. Okay, uh, we're going to take Larry and Janice. Go ahead, Larry.
3: I'm going to make it really quick. Larry recovered compulsive overeater um, from Chicago. Just very quickly, what was helpful to me is to understand. Um, it took me a while, but the, the clear-cut directions how not to recover. That's what my mind is, is screwed up. So I, I needed to. I needed to embrace that, um, and I know that now. I can. I can teach that better uh, because I, I practiced it, and uh, and and now I recovered when I did follow the twelve steps. Um, you know, number one, uh, if you don't want to recover, just come to the meetings, go to meetings, and just listen, and, and don't do anything. Don't take action. I didn't. I didn't take action for a long time. Number two, um, for me, focus on the physical. Focus on your weight, the food plan. Is it what the chicken and the egg analyze, debate? Do all those things, but do not, I repeat, do not take action. If you want to stay stuck, that's what I did. Um, the other thing was is with the recidivism rate or the you know, relapse rate, you know, being very high, don't listen to the people that have recovered on, on a meeting like this or any other meeting that, that worked the steps. Listen to the 90 to 95% of the people that are giving you misinformation, erroneous information. You know, um it, you know the, and, and that's I mean, and that was just the reality for me. I really want to you know, I want to do, be warm and fuzzy here and tell you all the good you know, the good news. There is great news. There is great news. I fi- the great news is, I finally got the willingness to work the steps. It's the steps that, particularly the action steps four through nine, that gave me the spiritual recovery that changed me completely and the food was one of the things it removed the obsession of mine but it made me into a better human being my goodness thank you God if you don't want to recover hang out do nothing get nothing nothing changes nothing changes and with that I'll pass thank you Larry Janice go ahead
7: yes thank you Julie this is Janice Um, Janice M I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Okay, now we're at the end of the chapter. There is a solution. What are we here for anyway? What am I here for? Why did I come here? Well, I wanted to come here for a solution. Well, you see, in the beginning of the chapter, it says, we, who are the recovered people of Alcoholics Anonymous, knows thousands of men and women who were were once just as hopeless, Well, I was hopeless. I was powerless. I seemed hopeless uh, because I I tried everything. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. They solved, there's the hope here, they solved. They solved through a power greater than themselves. And these are the clear-cut directions. That's the goal. Isn't it that's, that was my goal. I'm sure that's all of us goals, is to have that obsession. Yeah, to have the body be reduced, you know, but that's the allergy of the body, but to have the mind, to have to have this obsession removed. So what is the solution? The solution is having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, not of weighing and measuring or you know, that's a plan to get to to this but as a result of these steps we try to carry this message what are they trying to tell me what have they told me they told me that they have been recovered from a seemingly seemingly hopeless state of mind and body which produces a personality change sufficient to be recovered personality change that's what these stories these 42 stories are all about they're going to tell us not make-believe, It is actual experiences on how these alcoholics had a personality change. They think differently now. They came in hopeless, they were transformed, and what they're doing now, this is this is even before, I believe, some of these stories, that they even had meetings, and, and they recovered from the steps. Um, so this is a very, this is a how-to book. If you wanna bake a cake, sorry, you follow directions. I mean, you don't go one to four. You go one, two, all the way down to get to the goal. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank
5: you. And Kathy, would you please read the third paragraph?
6: Okay, I'm here. This is Kathy, a compulsive over-eater, recovered. Um, Each individual in the personal stories described In his own way, in his own language, and from his own point of view, the way he established his relationship with God. These give a fair cross section of our membership and a clear cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. Um, And I will just say that uh, these paragraphs this morning um, remind me of the gift it is to. Uh, guide another fellow uh, traveler through this book um, for me, um every time I read uh, parts of this book, I just get a deeper and deeper understanding of the instructions I'm being given um, and I probably read parts of it for many years um before. Uh, I actually began to understand what the steps are and the ways to move through the steps. Um, it's, uh, it's a real gift to uh, be able to turn to any one of these stories and identify um, and to uh, be given yet another way to think about our own path through the journey. And with that, I'll pass.
7: Kathy,
0: could you go ahead and just read the last paragraph, and then we can share on both of them.
6: Okay, sure. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say Yes, I am one of them, too. I must have this thing. And I pass.
0: Who would like to share on these paragraphs?
6: This is Paula. Masha.
8: Yes, Paula. Thank you. And thank you, my friend. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Quite a couple of paragraphs here. And look at the lives... Each individual. Now, here again, it excludes no one. There is only one way, as it said, as was said, the the book was called the way. At one time, was a thought. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. I'm going to stop there because that word established to to enact permanently see I would do it at times if the times were good and God answered the way I thought he should oh then sure didn't matter anymore the way he established to establish something to enact permanently no matter what the day brings and look at what it says not his belief not his knowledge It uses the word his relationship, how he relates to God. Could that be possible? My recovery could not be possible without it. These give a fair cross-section. Oh, look at the beauty of this, of our membership, and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. No more just a story. No more a story that is just in words, but a story lived. And with that, I do pass. And again, I say thank you.
0: Thank you, Paula. Who who else would like to share?
9: Hi, this is Lisa from Colorado.
0: Hi, Lisa. Go ahead.
9: Yeah, I really like where it says that Um, It is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them, too. I must have this thing. And they they also talk about how we hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. You know, when I hear people on these lines and, and other places tell their story without pulling any punches, that makes me say, yes, I am one of them, too. I must have this thing because it's through the humility and the meekness of being transparent and being real that I feel like I can be real too because I was talking to a sponsor this morning and I was saying like the disease is like a, a dark balloon in the corner and it's I can feed that disease full of air or I can feel the recovery balloon full of air, but it's only through transparency and disclosure that I can really heal and get better because the disease grows in secrecy and um, it's only through doing the steps and, and revealing myself transparent pretty well naked before God, that I can really become the the child of God that he created me to be. Because I heard a speaker, it was the other day, and she was saying that it's only with living with somebody that um, um, brings up all my character defects and doing the exact opposite of what my character defects want me to do that I get better, and then that person will usually fade or the the significance of that relationship won't be so powerful over my disease. So I'm just really glad for these paragraphs so I can, I can be transparent, I can be real. I can be out there hanging in the breeze with all my character defects and I feel loved and washed and bathed and cleaned up and a warm towel put around me and then clothed in uh, recovery clothes. So I'm really glad to be here and I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Who would else like to share? Kim?
5: Hi, Kim. Go ahead.
3: Do. Good morning. Good morning. And Julie.
5: And Good morning all again. Um this is this was huge to me when someone pointed out to me. Once again, I, I read this big book many, many times, but until I studied it, the depth and weight of the wisdom in this book never was there. So it talks about, you know, the way he established his relationship with God. I mean I'm like I thought AA taught you how to stop drinking. I thought OA was going to tell me how to eat moderately. What do you mean? The whole purpose of this book is to establish a relationship with God? Yes, it is. That is what it's about. Is that what we're talking about in our meetings? You know, sometimes I walk in, if you walk into a meeting, at least in my experience, you know, five, ten minutes late and you don't hear the steps read, you would have no idea you're in an OA meeting. You know, I find there's two different things in my experience in a lot of meetings. It's one, it's basically all about the food. And people just talk about the food, the food, the food, the food, the food. It's like going into a conventional diet program. Let's talk about the food. How can we control the food? Who's have the, who has a new recipe? What about the food? New food, food, food. And the other side of it is it often feels like a group therapy class. You know, when I came in, think about it this way. If you go into a parenting class, and you sat down, and the first person talked about all the problems they were having with their husband. And the second person talked about how their boss was getting on their nerves today. And the third person talked about they can't believe their in-laws are going to come and, and spend the weekends, and it's really stressing them out. And you raise your hand, and you go, I thought this was a parenting class. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I'm really upset with my husband, it affects my parenting. When, my, when I'm stressed at work, it affects my parenting. My in-laws can drive me crazy, and that affects my parenting. Very true. But if I came to a parenting class, I want to hear about parenting. Of course, these other things are going to affect us. We're all human beings. And to me, that's often what happens in an L.A. meeting. I'm hearing about all these people's dramas in life, and yes, that can affect us. But I'm there because I need a solution. I need a solution to my problem. And the solution to my problem is a relationship with God. So what are our stories for? What are those stories in the back of the book for? It's letting us know at the end of this page that when we disclose our stories, we hope you will be persuaded, persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. I must have this thing. And this thing isn't people's stories. This thing isn't a food plan. This thing is 12 steps which allows us to establish a relationship with God. And I think about that. You know, I think about that fifth tradition. Am I carrying this message? Are my meetings carrying this message? Or am I carrying a food plan? And am I carrying my troubles hoping that somebody can help me do my troubles, which is not going to be my solution? And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. And
5: Du? Good morning. This is Du, uh, Recover Compulsive Overeater. I, I really love this um, paragraph where it th- talks about, you know, about these personal stories and why do we have them? Well, you know, prior to that, we were given clear-cut directions on how to recover now is going to give us clear-cut examples of people who have recovered and what their stories look like, what, what they were like, what happened, and what they're like now, and how they established that relationship with God. You know, and that gives me a lot of encouragement because, you know, I was, I was a person that was dying by my own hand, <laughs> you know, uh, compulsively overeating and i couldn't i couldn't find a way out i couldn't get get that to that point and i was desperate and i was i was very ill and i i just couldn't see how how to get this and yet i looked at the ex problem eater i looked at the ex problem uh person who ha- had this problem had resolved in them you know and how they got that and i got interested and i said you know i want what they have i want what they have Because they seem to have a real answer. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to get it. But I'm going to follow what they did. You know? And what they did is they followed these clear-cut directions. They followed this book. They followed the steps. And they got the results. And if you go back in the stories, it's going to tell you. You're going to be able to identify. Because they were desperate. They were falling down drunks. You know? And... And they had, um, they had all these issues and all these problems that, that they ever thought of ever resolving. And yet, as they continued to go through the process of the steps and continued to go through the process of this program, they were able to find a way out. And that way out was, for them, a, a, a higher power. You know, it gave them a need for God and the reality that God exists in their lives. And that's huge, because when I first came into this program, I didn't even think about God. I didn't even want God. I did not want God in my life. And yet, through, this, through these steps, I found a need for God, a need uh, for him to be in my life. And today, you know, I th- thank God that, you know, that it just shows me how to get to the other side. And, and it's a design for, uh, for living that really works. You know, they show us. What is the end result? What is the conclusion? <laughs> awesome. That's experience. Going from the beginning to the end and knowing the outcome, knowing that there is a way out. They're, they're showing us the example of what that way out looks like. And that's, that gives me a lot of hope. You know, so I'm so grateful that we have these stories. I'm so grateful that I can identify in as a desperate one and also identify in as, as one that has gotten the, the solution. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, do. Who would like to share next? Leah,
6: Katie. Katie. Sharon. Okay.
0: I
10: heard Katie, Leah, and Sharon. So
0: go ahead, Katie. Hi. Good morning. Uh, this is Katie. Uh, someone else? Katie and sister. Go ahead. Oh, I heard Katie and those Katie? Katie Katie in Virginia, then Leia, then
11: Katie,
0: um, then
1: Sharon. Then Sharon. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> I I uh I'm Katie F, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia.
5: Um these paragraphs are just so good because um, you know, that sometimes I have a hard time articulating like what was the difference between you know october sixth nineteen eighty seven and october seventh nineteen eighty seven 1987. I'd been in the rooms for six years and could not uh find recovery and yet on october seventh nineteen eighty seven 1987, i did and you know it's really hard to um to say well what was different and what was different is what this is talking about is that I was willing to follow clear cut directions, and I was no longer uh, looking to lose weight i was looking to find a relationship with god because my way of living was killing me i i stopped worrying about losing weight i i really really could care less at that point i was just so sick and tired of the way i was living and the way i was handling my life um and i had to get to that point i had to get to the point where Um, I wasn't looking for the perfect food plan and I wasn't looking for, um, you know, a food plan that gave me certain foods that I liked and all that kind of stuff. I didn't care about that anymore. And as Kim said earlier, you know, the miracle is I still don't care about the food. Um, I enjoy my food. I eat my food. But it's not uh, the end-all and be-all of my existence you know, finding the best recipes and finding uh, a way to manipulate so I can still, you know, find the ease and comfort in my food. Um, I am looking to follow what God has for me one day at a
1: time. And I had to be really badly mangled before I was willing to do that. And so whatever it takes, if it takes one more time
5: going back out there and, you know, trying it on your own, then that may be what it takes. But I had to be willing to, um, and that's what these stories show us. You know, These stories in the back of the book um, show us how these people found God. And I'm just so grateful that um, we don't have to keep searching and searching and searching. We have a solution. And uh, as long as I'm willing to you know, follow directions, I can continue to have this thing. With that, will pass.
12: Thank you, Katie. And Leah? Thanks so much, Julie, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. wanted to focus on uh, this part right here. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. You know, when I came here, uh, when I crawled my way um, through with tombstones in my eyes, um, I had a great relationship with food. I got beaten up. I got bloodied, that's for sure. Um, but it was always food. Uh, it was always the contents of the uh, cellophane bags and bakery boxes that I turned to, um, My book teaches me it's my relationship with God that I need now to turn to because it's through that relationship with a higher power of my understanding that I'm going to experience a lifting of the merciless obsession because I have a person like me, a real compulsive overeater. uh, I have no effective mental defense against that first bite. My defense has to come from a higher power. Um, And it's not dependent on uh, people, it's not dependent on knowledge, it's not dependent on my intellect, it is dependent on my turning to, who am I going to bow to today? Am I bowing to my addiction? Am I bowing to uh, a power greater than myself? You know, that was always the question for someone like me. And it goes on to say, our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need. And indeed, I was desperate. You know, when I came through uh, in 1987, January, I was eating with a sense of urgency and desperation that I never knew. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was uh, a clearly a runaway train. And if you're like me, and I don't know if you are, but if you're like me, your greatest obstacle to your recovery will be your own judgment. At least that was true for me. Doing what I thought was best is what got me here in the first place. So how sinister it would be if the big book turned over your prescription for your own recovery to your own judgment the judgment that got you here in the first place. You know, at least that was true for me. You know, I kept um, utilizing the judgment that got me in this predicament in the first place. This was a self-imposed crisis. I was self-destructing on my, with my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. So it was these clear-cut directions that led me out of that madness and mayhem. I didn't have a rough time compulsive overeating. I knew how to compulsively overeat very, very well. I had been doing that for almost two decades. What I did not know is how to live. I had a rough time living. The secret of these 12 steps of this clear-cut directions that are offered in this book is that, yes, indeed, it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in personality, in character, and in values. So this was much more than merely abstinence uh, and elimination of my binge foods. This was a relationship with God which brought with it wholeness, soundness, a restoration of a mind and a renewed life. And with that I pass. Thanks.
5: Thank you, Leia, and Katie.
0: Okay, so we'll move on to Sharon. Hi, Katie, you please share? Can you hear me?
11: I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Go go ahead, Katie. Yeah. Um, so my name is Katie. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Pittsburgh. And I wanted to share on um, so yeah, we have these stories in the back of the book that are important because they're showing us um, you know that we can we can relate first off to how um, how these people drank is how I ate, how they acted and thought is how I acted and thought, and um, being hopeless was you know the start of every story and the start of my story, and then in enters God as a result of um, working the steps and, and clearing away um, what happened during those those years, and, and making amends in my life, and then um, what happens afterwards is not, you know, everything's great every day, but we do... Receive the promises of the program, um, and, you know, on page the bottom of 83, uh, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We're not going to regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I will comprehend the word serenity and no peace. These are things that come um, when we know God. So thanks. That's just what I wanted to share.
0: Thank you. And Sharon?
8: Hello, this is Rachel. Can I share, please, for a
10: second?
0: Well, Sharon was up next. In Colorado? Yes, Sharon, go
10: ahead. Oh, thank you, Julie. Um, And uh, hello to everyone out on the line. I just wanted to touch base on further on clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. And, you know, that begins on page 58. So this process of going through this book page by page, chapter by chapter, prior to page 58, continues to have my mind seeing the truth of what my situation is and how devastating it is and how it will not change by my own puny willpower or by anyone else's human aid or knowledge or whatever you want to call it. So that's part of um, God working in my mind to show me how off base I am with my obsessive mindset. You know, it's I liked what Kim said about uh, it's what we it's not what we know that will kill us. It's what we know that is not true that will kill us. And <clears throat> so that's when the clear cut directions come, and then I must follow them just like it says in the book. Clear cut not something off the wall here or something off the wall there, the clear-cut direction set out in this book. And then as a result of that, these stories come about because that process of those steps, 4 through 9, and then living in steps 10, 11, and 12, is what gives me that wonderful ability to establish a relationship with God that will work with my sick mind and my physical allergy that will always be there. But if the sick mind is there still and has not been um, you know, put into action by following these clear-cut directions, I will go back to picking up the food over and over again. And so I'm just so grateful for this program that goes through this book the way they go through it so that we know what the truth is, and not the other stuff that is not the truth, but we think it is, and so we try to follow it. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So do, would you please read
5: A Vision for You on page 164?